Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Remarkably Us, the podcast. I'm your host, Shelly Roan, sober gal living in Southern California, navigating the ins and outs of life. After what we'll call the great breakdown of 2019, I've been journeying through self-discovery, sobriety, trauma, divorce, relationships, all of the above. In this podcast, I'll have solo episodes where I talk about my life, the things I am dealing with, have dealt with, and all the tools I've collected in maintaining a consistent environment for self-growth, love, and discovery. We'll also hear from others who are breaking barriers and climbing incredibly tough mountains. Get ready to get inspired and motivated to laugh and to cry, but most importantly, to love a little. Let's jump right into it. So today, welcome, welcome. I have a very, very special guest, Denton Roan. Denton, oh. <laughs> Denton is, a staff, is a staff sergeant in the United States Army. His job is an M1 tank commander. If I get this wrong, just correct me. So he's an M1 tank commander. He's also a qualified airborne ranger and a company master fitness trainer. He's a father, but more importantly than any of those titles, he's my brother. Today, we're going to be talking about vulnerability, breaking family cycles, trauma resiliency versus numbing, all the things that make us the most incredible sibling duo in the entire world. Thanks for joining me today. You how, got it. how are you feeling? I'm feeling great. That's what... <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling fantastic. <laughs> Any deeper than that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> how, how are you really feeling today? Well, I woke up this morning um, late. I have coffee and now I'm podcasting. And this is my first day back in a couple of months. So I'm just happy to be home. Well, I'm happy that you are home. I'm happy to be here in the smoke that is Montana right now. It's crazy. Everything's on fire. Yeah. Yeah. So as everyone knows, if you have, you know, been watching my stories or listened to my last episode, I'm still in Montana. <laughs> I've been here for 87 years. <laughs> I'm still in Montana. I'll be here for another week. Um, so this is kind of, I'm starting to wrap up my trip. I'm in Missoula, right? Well, technically I'm in Lolo, mm-hmm. which is outside of missoula we're close to washington right or on the southeast southwestern side of Montana. okay so denton lives in lolo so i'm here for another couple of days and then we'll go up to my mom's in helena and then i'll fly out of there back to southern california the lovely the lovely southern california that's my come true (laughs) so i usually start off with people telling me their journey, like up to right now, kind of what brought them here. Obviously though, a lot of our journey is the same in regards to our childhood because we lived together mm-hmm. as children, which I guess is not always the case. Some kids, like it obviously would be vastly different if you had lived with dad from the beginning and I lived with mom. But since we didn't, our stories are pretty much the same because you lived with mom until you were 15 and then lived with dad pretty much for a year. And then you like joined the military very shortly after that. And then kind of were gone. But since I have everyone else doing, doing it and (laughs) you have a different perspective from our childhood than I do. So we'll do it anyways. Okay. So tell me what is your, what was kind of your journey up to this moment with me sitting right here in your kitchen in Lolo, Montana? So I'd say it probably started when I was around eight. Uh, I watched both my parents get shot in an alley and it was traumatizing. You're so dead. I'm following along. Like, wait, hold on a second. Well, luckily my butler, he kind of raised me. And This is not Batman. This is. (laughs) You asked my story. I identify as Batman. (laughs) That is my inner. For those of you guys, it's actually not a lot of people know, I guess, people that are close to us are friends. Denton and I have matching Batman tattoos on our sides with our other friend, Travis. Yep. Um, because we always used to skip school and watch Batman <laughs> together. So, but anyways, Fine, the real your story. story up to now. So like you said, I think, uh, I mean, it was basically the same. We had the same childhood. We grew up in the same house until I was eighth grade. I think I was in eighth grade before I started acting a fool. Mm-hmm. Um, did eighth grade with my dad in, in Maryland and then came back in high school for a year and then went back to Maryland, back and forth. 
joined the military at 17. Um, it was, it was that or jail jail for yeah. sure. I, I love fun. telling people that story. I, I had a lot of fun. Now, my brother's in the military because it was either that or I remember being <laughs> in the courtroom too. Cause I mom brought me for some reason to say, don't end up like this. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> you see and this? then lo and behold it, that didn't right. I'm like <laughs> taking notes what yeah. to do. Okay. So how do you get caught? <laughs> Let me not do that. Yeah. Okay, so you, the judge basically was like, you go to jail or you join the military, which yeah. that only happens in a small town. It does. It doesn't happen. You don't, in a big city, you would be in jail, in jail right jail. now. Yeah. So it's actually, we're very fortunate that we were in a really small town. It was a court in Belgrade, Montana. <laughs> yeah. So the judge was very, it's just a very small town thing where that is not uncommon for the judge to be like, all right, you yeah. obviously just need structure, some, you need discipline. structure and you need someone to knock you down a few pegs. Oh yeah. So military. Yep. So joined the military. Um, I deployed right after essentially I joined the military at 17. So I had a lot of growing to do from 17 to 18 because I was still in high school. So I joined my junior after my junior year, the summer between junior and senior year did graduated ish high school. Yeah. There's a big ish there. Cause that's a story. Um, but then I got graduated high school had a year off, deployed, came back, and have essentially done a lots of odd jobs, but essentially been in the military. I always come back to the military. Yeah. In some sort of form. Well, you've never like gotten out of the military. No. So I'm in the National Guard. So let the record show. So at no point in time have I ever been active duty as in you go to a base, you get stationed at a base, and then you know you start I've been active in the National Guard. But in the National Guard, you can go. You can be active in the National Guard. So right. I've done just M Day, which is just drilling once a month, and then I've also done like now I'm full time National Guard. Yeah, which means this is my full time job. And you're getting ready for your last. This last will be your last deployment. Yep. Your last one. Yep. Going back overseas, and it's the last one in that I'm. I'm uh, I have a I have a small child. Right, King. You do. And just being gone when I've had to be gone is pretty tough on not only him, but on me. And I'm in a position where I can kind of choose yeah. to not do combat right. related MOS jobs. Um, so I'm going to be switching my MOS to a, to just a non-deployable MOS just so I can be home and not have him wondering where his dad is growing up. Yeah. You know, then the daddy issues start coming in. I don't know anything about that. No, no, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it can go kind of bad when that's MIA. <laughs> right. You know. Um, speaking of that, well, I just want to jump right into it. I think the first thing that I want to ask is my favorite color is green. <laughs> I know where you're going with that. Yeah. Is when do you think when do you think you feel the most vulnerable? Because I know I'm both of us have struggled with vulnerability in the past. Sitting I mean, in the shower. right. <laughs> when do you think that you feel absolutely the most vulnerable? Hmm. That's a tough, like on a day to day or like phases through life. Mm, either or. or both. I, I honestly, I've never thought about that question. I would say. Welcome to therapy. With welcome Shell. to therapy. <laughs> 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 uh, I don't know how to answer that. Probably because I think a big problem of mine is something I struggle with is feeling vulnerable. Yeah. And you've had professional help. <laughs> I've had liquor. So, you know what I mean? There's only so many answers found at the bottom of the bottle. Um, but vulnerable is when I think I feel the most vulnerable when I do something that sabotages, self-sabotages my life and it brings the realization in that. Like, that it was I, you. It was me. Yeah. Because there's no one to blame when you're an adult but yourself. So right. I'll, get get drunk and do make a bad decision or I'll, or I'll yeah. oversleep or I'll or I'll choose to be lazy and not get some assignment done you know this is back when I was in college and then when I was like in the military I'll, I won't prep for a, you know an, uh, a task and and the ramification when I when I feel those ramifications when they come that's probably when I well I think right and that's forward. a shame and vulnerability are like one in the same feelings yeah because feeling shame which comes from those things of like you make a mistake or you regret something and you feel shameful for it that feeling is a very vulnerable feeling mm -hmm. no one wants to be, feel shame for anything 
Um, so I can see how that would be. Why, why do you think vulnerability has been such a issue for you or such a struggle for you to feel? I think because it's not productive to sit in a state of vulnerability. And especially in, well, especially in the military, what I do, it's, you don't, you, you can't sit there and just feel bad for yourself or feel vulnerable for yourself or, or feel like you can't sit in that state. What you do, what you're forced to do is learn how to feel vulnerable, uh, but then immediately take action to fix it so that you can strengthen yourself. Um, not very many times if you're in, in a combat situation or if you're in a train, even in a training environment, can you go, I messed up and sit with that feeling for a while and needs right. to be rectified and you have to move on. Right. Well, that is, that works 100% right. Great. When you're in a combat zone and we're near faced in a life or death situation. Yeah. You don't really have time to sit and process emotions when you're in a combat zone. But life is not like that. <laughs> I don't know if you know that, but we're not in a combat zone anymore. <laughs> I think that's a huge, right? And that, it and is. I feel like that also mixed with, I've talked a lot about our childhood and how we didn't necessarily get that emotional, um, we didn't, we weren't taught how to process emotions. So then you went from that to, to the military, which does not do a great job of teaching people how to process emotion. That's why so many people come back and deal with PTSD and all of these, right. Really, really, really big issues mm -hmm. after they do tours or just anything like that. Right. Yep. Because no one teaches you how to process emotions outside of right. The mm -hmm. fight or flight. Our bodies are great at being like, this was scared me. I need to survive. Now I do this. Yep. But that's that's only really lovely when you're in like a life or death situation. <laughs> well, and when we were growing up too, we were we were I'd say I don't know how to put the term, but I'm just going to use microdose trauma, right? <laughs> <laughs> Sprinkled in yeah. nothing extremely significant, but enough childhood. I'll just we'll just call it trauma to become uh, hardened by it. Yeah, and it worked well for us when we were, it's also, if you're the hardest person in the room or if you're the most callous person in the room, if you have those, yeah. those scars from being, you know, from the, from childhood um, and you're good at, at navigating it and moving past that. And you, you know, you, it kind of sets you up. You're in a good situation. Then I would put that um, it pays to be the strongest person in the room. Yeah. So then growing up when you were the strongest person in the room and it paid and your, your friends, so your friend groups kind of leaned on you as being the strong person and, and you were good at, at um, not sitting and breaking down emotionally. You're then you grow up thinking moving past trauma or getting over it quickly is a good thing. Right. That's what I want to do. Yeah. Um, so you, we kind of treated childhood as a combat zone where yeah. it was beneficial, but they didn't talk about, like you said, the after effects of it. You can only right. stuff so much stuff down um, and it's a temporary fix, but it's going to, it's going to resurge at some point in time. Yeah. So we both had resurgence. I mean, we've moved past dad's death like it was a Tuesday and now <laughs> we're dealing with the after effects, right. you know, and as you see, and you actually see the same thing in the military. Now there's a lot more, um, they call them um, yellow ribbon events where there's counselors on standby yes. going, I don't care if you don't want to talk, you're going to talk yes. because the, you might think you're a BA, you know, a badass right now, but yeah. it's, it's going to haunt you. You have to talk about it, expose it. Um, it's going to help you out. And they're seeing good results from it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you right. We're, we are not built to just stuff everything down. We thrive mm -hmm. off of connection and human connection and being in be having like a tribe of people and feeling like there's some sort of emotional, physical connection with other people. We can't survive without that. Right. But right. Your career and our childhood has like bred you to be the exact opposite. So yep. now you're having to like learn how to also, and I know for sure, definitely with me, right. How do I be super strong? Mom and I talk, talk about this all the time. Like, how do you be really, really strong and be a leader and be an inspiration to people and also be extremely vulnerable right. because you can't be a good leader. You can't be, you know, um, a good friend, a good partner, a, you know, a good employee, whatever it may be without being super vulnerable. And that's right. 
really hard to do. Right. It's super hard to do. Yeah. And we're seeing, actually, I'm seeing that on the military side as well. When I came in the military, it was back in the day, been in for a minute. And it was, you know, if I looked at an NCO wrong, it was yeah. on the ground, you piece of shit. And blah, blah. we're no, we're now no longer in that type of environment. And it's a weird transition. Now we come to drill and yeah. it's, it, it, yes, you can blame it on a new, a new generation, but there's pros to that, yes. that new way of thinking in that it, you don't have to just beat someone yes. up. You can create resilience and strength right. without just beating the shit out of people. And a, and a way that we've found to do that is just a tiny bit of vulnerability is yeah. actually being able to show your privates. Yeah, man, I'm kind of sucking right now too. Like, yeah. I'm sucking wind. This is tough for me too. Versus back in the day, it was, I'm made of steel. And I'm going <laughs> to smoke a cigar right before the BET test. And you better right. catch up. Now it's, just, it's, okay to, it's okay to admit, man, I'm not really looking forward to this. Because then you become vulnerable. Then you become trusted, right? Then yeah. it's, it's, you have now you share a similarity in this, this lower enlisted person. It's easier for them to come up to you and identify yeah. and relate and communicate with you. So it's just, it is a weird big transition I've seen from when I first got until now on just how you deal with yeah vulnerability right i think you also having a son you have one of those i don't know if you knew that but you have a kid you're a father <laughs> i don't know where he is I, I just mean, kidding he's with his mom <laughs> but he's not outside <laughs> yeah i saw this little light-skinned blonde hair blue-eyed kid outside you sure that's my right <laughs> he's so cute yeah my brother has a four-year-old named king which is hilarious because when you were you always said that you would name your first son king always. from the and that we always laughed at you like you're really gonna name your son king <laughs> and then lo and behold you have a kid and <laughs> and you and um king's mom mika we used to laugh like she wanted to name him something else Pierce. but she said i knew if i named him something else you would call him king regardless yep. of whatever his yep. name would be so so denton has a little king but you're a father now. So looking at your, you trying to be more vulnerable as a, as a dad, as a friend, um, and looking at your relationship with our dad, what do you think that you want to mirror from him or that you want to do like him? And what are things that you're like, and nope, I'm not going to do it <laughs> that way. I'm probably going to do it this way. I'd say it's an 80, 20 thing. So I, there's 20% of the things I took from him that I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to do this. So yeah. a, a big one of those was just being a friend. It was, mm. he took it being to an extreme, loved the guy to death, but he was my best friend. He wasn't good at being the dad. Yeah. Um, and he would admit, he admitted it to my mom. He admitted it to me. Like, I'm not, I'm just winging this thing. Cause I didn't move in with him until I was, you know, yeah. adolescence. And he, uh, he just kind of, we, we would come home. I did my thing. It was almost more like having a roommate, right. which I liked because I talked to him about big boy stuff. Right. Um, but at the same time, when I needed him to be a dad, as far as discipline, it was either he was my best friend or he was throwing me across the room when I messed right. up. There was never a, you know, the, the, there's never a middle ground. Yeah. So with King, I want him to feel like he can come and talk to me about anything, anything he wants but I'm, on that same token, I don't want him to fear that he's going to get thrown across the room if he if he right. comes up to me and says the wrong thing. Um, so and and then I think the biggest thing is presentness. I think yeah. that, that I had that with dad in the later years, but I didn't have it as a kid. I mean, there was day there was weeks that would go by where I'd come home from school. Hours later, he'd come home from work. He'd go right to his studio. I'd be upstairs. We just wouldn't talk to each other for yeah. like four days. Yeah, and, you know, it was more like kind of like having a roommate or he'd go, hey, I made some dinner. I'd say I already ate. I'd make myself some dinner. So it was I want to be present, which is why I say this is probably my last deployment. Unless right. World War Three kicks off. Right. Um, this is my last deployment in, because I want to be a present yeah. father figure in his life. In National Guard, we deploy for a year you know, straight. So I don't want there to be these giant gaps where he feels. Yeah. Well, the good thing is he's still so young. Yeah. I don't really have a lot of memories until I've been looking just at childhood and development. Right. He's only four. So he's not going to remember a whole lot, how right. much you being gone for in like for a year in these first, you know, in these right. really early years is going to affect him. Right. Now, once you hit right five, six, seven, eight, 
he would remember that definitely. Yep. But at least, right, you're getting this last appointment out of the way while he's still young. Yep. Um, yeah, I think that's a huge thing. Also, right, being dad was never vulnerable with no. us, like not no. even. And I think that is <laughs> one, I feel like it's a male thing for sure. I feel like for me, it's so much easier to tell people like, I'm feeling very vulnerable today. But to, to be very honest, if you came up to me and were like, yo, I'm feeling vulnerable today. <laughs> one, I would probably laugh You laugh first. at everything I do anyway. I know. And then I would honestly be like, okay, oh shit. <laughs> oh, he's being serious. <laughs> You're serious. Okay, great. Let's talk about it. Yeah. But from like, it just wasn't, it's not as accepted for men to be really emotional and be super vulnerable and be like, tapped in and tuned into their emotions yep. and that's a cultural thing yeah i think we're moving in the right direction as a society and that but i also know that there will never be a day where there's it's men and women are exactly as emotional as one another right, right. it's just i mean it, it, that comes down to biology yeah you know, at, at, at this, i'm not token we we are bi- animals at the, at the end of the day you know mothers create all life so they're yeah. going to you know there's that we role. do and then fathers, then if there's, if we're not creating life, we might as well protect it and try to feed it. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's always going to be that division, but um, I do think we're going in the right direction as a society where it's, it's a more okay to say, Hey man, I'm having a rough day and not be called a wuss. Or- yeah. Well, it's about breaking cycles. I know for, we're going to have to break a lot of familial cycles mm-hmm. with our kids. Yeah. Um, I don't have any kids yet that I know of. So I know two of them. They're doing good. <laughs> but Cedro just got in trouble at school. Though. Oh man. But I mean, there are definitely things for me, like with my relationship with mom, that I will mirror when I become a mom, but there are also a things emotional neglect <laughs> that I have in the back of my Damn mind. It, <laughs> to change that cycle in our family. Yeah. And it's just we have to be, which is really tough because it's like, okay, what didn't, it's thinking about what didn't I get mm-hmm. that like em, emotional security of yeah. feeling like we could, you know, voice when we were like sad or mm-hmm. feeling lonely or scared and someone would actually like sit with us and be like, okay, you know, let's, Talk about, about it instead yeah. of looking at us with like wide eyes and like looking around for someone else to like take over. Yeah. Bitch, I'm having a bad day. <laughs> <laughs> I know, like, I don't know what you want me to do. Well, and it's weird because as a parent, you you want to protect your kids from everything. But I I most of the strengths that I have nowadays are because of microdosed emotional trauma and little these things like that. That's how. And I've kind of made a career off of being able to be the strongest person in the room. Yes, we didn't learn how to turn it off. Um, but I want the same thing for King. But on the same token, you don't want to expose your child to any trauma whatsoever. No. So it is finding that line where it's okay. I want mom did, you know, as a byproduct of growing up, we ended up very strong people. And you ended up, your career's skyrocketing, right? Um, in the military, that's always been my niche is being, yeah. being able to be the strongest person how do you induce that onto your kids, right? And then be able to go, okay, but this is also how to turn it off. Right. You know? Well, I think, and because looking at mom and dad, they never were taught any of that. So right. I feel like what our job is to first try and do that within ourselves, like figure out how to be strong and how to be vulnerable, how to sit with our mistakes, sit with shame, sit with sadness. Because you can't teach it to someone else unless you learn it yourself. That's why mom and dad didn't teach us how to process our emotions because they didn't learn. They, 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 their parents didn't teach them how to do it. So mom started counseling in her like what forties. Yeah. And then learned. So I think that that's something I've, I I did marriage, marriage counseling for like a year, but that's a goal of one, one of my goals is to get into individual counseling because I didn't even realize there was a problem. And then, you know, I'm like, I'm just a strong person. I just don't deal with emotions. Like, yeah. No, that's the problem. Right. You got to cry. I know. I, yeah. de- I told this story in one of the episodes of one of my therapists, when I was dating my ex, we weren't married yet. We were just dating. And we, I told him, I was like, oh, I struggle with anxiety and depression. And, and he was like, basically said, if you don't go to see a therapist, I'm going to break up with you. <laughs> 
And so I was like, okay. So I went to a therapist and was like, I'm here because my boyfriend said I'm sad and I have to talk to someone or something like that. And then after like three sessions, she's like, okay, so I'm going to recommend this book. It's called um, How to Overcome Childhood Emotional Neglect. (laughs) I still have the book. I should actually give it to you. You should give it to me. Yeah. (laughs) Because... Yeah, it was, it was, I didn't realize that there was a problem until, well, other people started pointing it out. And my therapist was like, so this is actually like kind of terrifying (laughs) that you can, like situations where you should be really, really sad. You just, there's absolutely nothing. She's like, it's not that you are like a psychopath and you're not feeling those things. She's like, I know that you, you have the ability to feel them you've just turned them off yep. for so long that she's like, it's gonna, and she told me, bitch, just kidding. <laughs> I don't see her anymore. I have a different therapist who's amazing, but she told me, she's like, when you do, it's going to be like the floodgates and, and you need to watch out for that. Yep. Hence my great breakdown of 2019. Yep. Yeah. She was right. It's, I, I described it to an old counselor, very similar situation. Yeah. Um, it said, it's like, it's not like stuffing your demons in a closet it's like not even realizing you have a closet downstairs. Right. It's, it's, you don't even recognize that you might be stuffing things. You don't, it's that, that's not the way it feels. So it counts. I, I got through when I was um, married, our first counselor was um, my ex-wife's aunt. And I started going through a little bit of my childhood and she started crying on the phone. <laughs> oh my God, are you okay? And I went, well, yeah, I'm a little hungry right now, but we, well, yeah, I'm all right. Are you, you want to talk? About what? Yeah. Uh, my, what I'm going to eat? No, yeah. about the childhood trauma. I'm like, what childhood trauma? It's like being told you have these issues, but not really feeling, yeah. feeling them. Uh, but yeah, once the, the floodgates open. Yeah. Because what I don't feel like I do is stuff things. I just, I've always felt like I've moved, I've been able to move past things. On my worst day, a tool of mine I've always used is, well, someone's had a worst day somewhere else. Yeah. Right? Stop feeling bad for yourself. Move on. Yeah. Right? Drink, drink hard coffee eat rocks and move on and it's not effective no it's really not yeah some things you can move past quicker than others yes but you have to work through every single thing nothing that work through looks differently for different things and it could be shorter or longer process but everything has to be worked through so right now we're at a point where we got to do a lot of rework um a lot of reworking through things, yep. bringing them up again, working through them, because then we'll be right. You'll be a better father. You'll be, um, you know, a better partner, a better, just a better person yep. all around. Something that uh, a big takeaway that I got from marriage and growing up. And I, th- and, now, and when I look back at it, dad too, is that a lot of the scarring didn't come from not having emotions or never showing emotions. It's from showing emotions and how, and the person that I showed them to dealt with them the wrong way. So it started with dad. I was having a bad day. It wasn't, it wasn't a, Oh buddy, you want to talk about this? Get over it. Yeah. And, and that, then you feel almost abandoned. Yeah. I dealt with the same thing with a lot of friends and then a marriage, right? It wasn't, it was, it, a lot of it was, I would try to expose myself and be vulnerable. And it was, it was either shot down or you were just told to get over it or you were met with, well, I'm having a bad day too. Right? Yeah. And, it's, and there's a, it, it just causes the effect it causes is just don't open up. You know, yeah. you're, you're going to feel worse after opening up. So I think who you open up to is a very big, like, yeah, is a big key factor in it as well. Right. I open up to everyone. <laughs> if you want to just know me, yeah, I'm going to just, <laughs> I'm just going to give you it all. Right off the bat. Morning. I'm having a bad day. <laughs> yeah. What? I'm feeling very lonely today. And it's like the barista. At what do you want for breakfast? Happiness. <laughs> yeah. Acceptance. No, but I, I was think, thinking toast. Yeah, I was thinking. <laughs> but I mean, I feel like for me, definitely because we just numbed so much for so yeah. many years that. I mean, that's always something that will be like, that's our coping mechanism is to just numb for sure. I feel like that's just what we both came with. 
those are the cards we've been dealt with. Yeah. We were born and taught to numb. Yay. <laughs> That's pretty much it. <laughs> so how do you, how do you deal with being resilient through trauma? Copious and, amounts of alcohol. And not try, I was going to say, <laughs> and trying not to just numb, but never mind. <laughs> no, deal with trauma. A big thing that I found that works for me is setting goals and crushing goals. And what I, what, and I found that because when I, when I get into a low spot, what I do is I self-sabotage. And yeah. the way I self-sabotage is I um, numb yeah. and then make bad decisions. Yeah. And what it is is I, I, I take an easy path. So I'm feeling bad about myself and I'll take an easy path. That's either drink or that's just neglect stuff. You know, I'm, I deserve today to just go out and do my own thing. Well, then the aftermath is I skip stuff, right? I don't do. And then. I feel worse about that. So now I'm, now I'm in a low spot and now I'm even lower because I, so when I'm, when I'm feeling non-vulnerable or whatever, me personally, I work, I, I, that's how I can kind of work through stuff. Yes. That's, that's avoidance. I understand that too, but I kind of, it's helped, it's helpful for me to pick up a book. I don't want to read on now it's like scalp platoon stuff or, you know, an old tank book or, brain drain handbook or something and then just read start start studying a little bit or i'll clean the house or i'll and that works best and, and yeah yeah better coping mechanisms than getting mm-hmm. wasted yeah yeah feel that yeah right and then i feel like when you start to mix in your own spiritual journey here in the Are near future no we're not going to talk about rocks <laughs> 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 but those goddamn rocks but when you have your your spiritual awakening i that will mixed with these coping mechanisms that you have are start or these i don't want to say coping mechanisms but these things right that are healthier than just picking up a drink Mm -hmm. or like sitting on the couch all day Mm -hmm. right getting out into nature going reading something um studying those are all great things those are if you're feeling low those are fantastic things to do so i feel like once you really start to kind of dive more into peeling apart the your little layers it'll just be it'll just be magic like an onion <laughs> you're like an onion you like just have Shrek. to keep feeling you back does that make you donkey <laughs> <laughs> donkey <laughs> no i don't think so i just i i feel like you have so i almost wanted to say i feel like you have so much potential <laughs> oh, <laughs> You've done so much. You really have, and you've come a long way since, like, in the last like five years, yeah. right? Yeah. Like a long, long way. Then that's what I think you need to remind yourself of. Like when you start to feel like, man, I'm not like doing, you know, as much as I could be. You need to look back at like where were you at five years ago? Oh man, very unhappy. Yeah. I'll tell you that. Very unhappy. And then I wasn't, I wasn't sprout or I wasn't dealing with the correct way, mm-hmm. numbing, which would make me more angry. And, yeah. boom, 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 boom. and then I was told, cause I'm a very happy, upbeat, usually person. Yeah. But then when I'm low, I'm low and I had nowhere to put all that. So I just kept getting lower. And then I was told I was a sad person, depressed person, an angry person, which made me even mad, you know, more mad. And like, that's not who I want to be, but I was yeah. doing nothing to show everyone that I wasn't that person. Right. I just was getting more mad, more angry and all that stuff. So, I mean, now it's just different. A spiritual awakening. I think I've gotten I think you've through been, a little bit of it. Yeah. I you think know. you've been having your own version of a spiritual awakening the last like five years. A big part, a big part of it was, I mean, yeah. It can, reminding myself that I'm actually a pretty decent person. You are because uh, you forget that, especially when you're told over and over and over again when you're not. Right. I think that's the last two years. I've kind of I've had to reevaluate. And I remember talking to our um, the old marriage counselor because that's really the most aggressive counseling we ever had. So yeah. I'm bringing up marriage counseling. I'm not um, saying this had to do with marriage. It's more of that's the only counseling I've yeah. ever received. And there was a lot of one on one sessions with her that I I got to kind of talk about non marriage. Yeah. Stuff. Um, and it, a thing we talked about was just accepting she goes, who, who, who are you? Are you, a, are you a mean person? Are you an angry person? I'm like, no, I'm actually a pretty upbeat, happy person. I'm always able to find silver linings and really anything. She goes, run with that. 
that's yeah run with that so um i'll have bad days i'll have good days but it's i'm just i just kind of run with that yeah no because i yeah yeah i can't remember the original question but you answered it um and then you know i donned the cowl at night and i jump from rooftop to rooftop and i start saving citizens and that's really where i find my happiness you know i gotta when i'm making tweets to the batarang or i'm I can't stand I'm you. sitting in the cave for the <laughs> I so, do have I do have a question before you go off on a tangent. <laughs> if you guys don't know my brother, he loves to go off on tangents. And um sometimes we have to just bring him back in. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I'll bring you back in. So, I do have a question. It's I think it's a two-part question. So I love two-part questions. Not as much as one part questions though. I guess oh actually, well, no. I have this podcast to help people see how amazing I am. Right. <laughs> Just <is>. kidding. <laughs> I do this. I do this. As if we all didn't already know that. <laughs> I do this to show people <laughs> that being open and honest and vulnerable is it's really the only way to live. Yep. You just can't. It will make, because it's contagious. It is. If you put out vulnerability and love and acceptance, all of those things are contagious. So then people around you will start to feed off of that. So, right, I know it sounds like, you, you know, this like big, like, we can change the world with love. Planet, what or is it Planet America? Or was that? What? Oh yes, Captain Planet. Yes, growing up. But it really is. I mean, I think that definitely strength comes in finally being able to like peel apart your weaknesses, work through them, and then tell people how tell people how to try to work through theirs. Onion so, themselves. Onion yourself. <laughs> What do you think your greatest weakness is? Wow, is this a job interview? Yeah, 100%. My, I think I just care too much. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm too punctual. (laughs) Um, No, my greatest weakness, that's kind of a, that's kind of a, an odd question. What is the, what is the thing, what is the weakness that you do best? Yeah. No, uh, my greatest, greatest weakness is I don't I'm and I don't I'm not meaning to sound like a, like an egomaniac but um I think my the the ease to which I turn lazy it's going to sound weird but the ease to which I turn to the e- take the easiest road mm. is the thing that that I has sabotaged me the most. Yeah. So it's it takes a lot of discipline to not grab a bottle. It takes a lot of discipline to actually just go for a run. It takes a lot of discipline to be vulnerable. And it's too easy to say not nah, fuck that. Yeah. But and I spent but I spent years avoiding that. Yeah. And people would just I had taking a lot of, the easy road. Just taking the easy road. A lot of people in my life are like, hey man, maybe drink less. I was like, fuck you. Yeah. I, it, it, that was, that was, it just took the easy road, which is weird because, you know, in a lot, in other aspects of my life, I don't I've always challenge myself in the military. I've always challenge myself physically. I've always challenge myself, but when it comes to emotional, um, emotional trauma or, or emotional difficulties, I always, I take the easy way out. Yeah. So that is probably some, the thing that it's taken me the most time to rectify. Yeah. Is that, um, I'm good at other stuff and, and I'm good at saying I'm good at this. Therefore I can slip on this or, oh, I'm, right. you know, I, you know, I got this going on. So I'll pour most of my, my, uh, attention. I'll pour most of my drive into this thing over here, military um, right. school, um, or, or cleaning the house. But really what I'm really doing is avoiding this other yeah. monster, which is dad's death, childhood stuff you know, bloody bodies overseas. That's I'm really just avoiding thinking about that, which yeah. is taking the easiest way out. Right. So that's probably. Yeah. Yep. I definitely think so. I yep. agree. I, you, you took a pause there when you were like, 
what's my greatest weakness? And like 30 things popped into my mind for you. <laughs> Let's hear what you think just, it is. It's my no, calf strength. It's, it's your calves. <laughs> no, I think your biggest weakness really is that is you refusing to let yourself talk about or process all of the shit that you've been through yep. for sure. Yep. Because right. And, and kind of putting on this mask of being physically the strongest person or, you know, like the best soldier, yep. you know, the best power ranger, mm. the best, you I'm, know, I'm the black power ranger, by the way, <sighs> you know, <laughs> being, the, being the best at those things, but and letting that kind of be like, no, I'm fantastic at, at these things. So right. I, therefore I don't like have any weaknesses. Yeah. Right. Yeah. When in reality, right. All these things are like, um, are, hello, are right. you not gonna, you pay attention are you to not me? gonna remember hello, that we happened? <laughs> yeah. Knock, knock, let me in. Yeah. What about you? Should be oh no this is your episode we <laughs> i don't have any weaknesses shelly's trauma in the morning <laughs> i think for me my biggest weakness is is uh, is admitting when i'm wrong weird and that concludes today's episode. <laughs> Just, end Just end with that. It is really hard for me to admit. I'll admit, like, my, my flaws, I think. Like, I'll admit when, I, you know, it's really hard for me. Like, if I hurt someone's feelings or if I, you know, mess up at work. Or if I just make a mistake, <laughs> it's really hard for me to admit that. Yeah. It's like soul crushing. It? Yeah. It's really tough for me. Yeah. I, cause I'm constantly like, but, but, but you did this, did this right. or right. Like, but you know, right. Look at all these other things that I've done yeah. or yeah, it's really, really hard for me to own up to, to mistakes from the past. Like apologizing to people. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like, like I had to apologize to someone the other day and I knew that I was at fault. Yeah. And yes, that other person has done things in the past, you know, for a lot of different things that have hurt my feelings. But that wasn't the issue, right? right? It was that I did something to hurt their feelings and it yeah. was... Cause it's like, if someone that in like my relationships in the past, I've been like, you know, you did this, to hurt my feeling. And I'll be like, but you did that, yeah. you know, or I'll be like, well, this fuck this person. Did. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I did that because you acted like that. <laughs> Hello. You caused me to hurt your cause feelings. And effect, cause and effect. <laughs> You being an ass caused me to hurt your feelings. So at the end of the day, it's your fault. Yep. So I effectively (laughs) smacked you across the mouth because you caused you didn't take out the trash. Yeah. That's really, really hard for me to. I struggle with that. Yeah. It's, and that's something that I have to, it's like saying sorry without mom was talking about this the other day with like her and Scott. Like she has to learn how to say sorry and that be it yep. and no sorry but right and that is something i'm i know 100 is really hard for me to do it's yep. just because at the end of the day that person doesn't need right you know if some if you've Your hurt side. someone's feelings they just need you know they just they want an apology and they want you to mean it right they don't need i'm sorry but this and I these are I do it all the time all the time I'm in no way am I saying that like this is my weakness and I'm better at it because I'm (laughs) this is my weakness and it's still my fucking weakness and I'm shitty at it yeah like I did just did this the other day I'll probably do it tomorrow I'll probably do it with you today (laughs) (laughs) again (laughs) I need to learn how to apologize and and own up to my mistakes and let it be it yep and and not even you know not let my mind automatically go to will this uh what that person did to hurt me because yep. it doesn't matter 
Yep. You know? Yep. It's that other person's feelings that I need to start taking, you know, that I need to take into consideration more than my own. Yep. And I'd say I don't, I've struggled with that in the past. Um, And with most people, I'm good about it. But I've had those people in my life where it's, I've gotten to listen, you know, we'll get into an argument, we'll get into a disagreement, and I'll come up and say, hey, listen, I apologize. And I'll go, yep, good. Motherfucker, you <laughs> fucked up. Yeah. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, right. This is we're what you're supposed to say. I'm also right? you're sorry. waiting. Yeah. And they're like, what? That's so funny. Because mom the other day she yelled at Scott <laughs> for something that you know, maybe shouldn't have been whatever. It wasn't she didn't need <laughs> she to have ruthless. gone. She, she's ruthless. <laughs> she didn't need to have gone that far. Yeah. And and she apologized to him and she said, you know, he apologized back or the she apologized to him and he said, all right, no, it's okay. I forgive you. And she was waiting. <laughs> she's like, and, and, dot, dot, dot. and she's like, he didn't say anything. <laughs> and bug, oh. yes. And it's those, I'm like, and that she's telling me this and I'm like, wow, mom. Yeah. That must, oh my gosh, you know, that must've been really tough for you. And I'm like, oh my God, that's exactly where, you know, <laughs> it's like looking in a mirror, but yeah. I don't, and we both were like, both of us were like, he didn't need to right. apologize to you. Yeah. You were, you know, and yes, people will do things in your life that are really right, really hard for you. But I'm learning that not everything means an apology. No. I don't need, I don't need an apology. I really honestly don't. Yeah. I don't really need people to apologize to me for, I forgive people, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I may not ever speak to you again, but right. I forgive you mentally right. inside of me. But other people, I need to be more understanding that other people just need like an apology. They need me, they need to know that I understand I hurt them. And for that, just to be it. Just to be that. Yeah. Yep. And then you can kind of classify who, or you can kind of categorize the people that you want close versus the people that you don't. Whereas you get in an argument and you have a person that will say, you know, you apologize. Let's say you guys were equal at fault. You apologize to them and you don't get anything back. Well, maybe that's a person who you don't want to maybe keep super close to. Right. Because that's a person who doesn't care enough about you to just say, you know what? I'm wrong, right? You care about yeah. somebody. I think you can find something in an argument to apologize for because you really do just, you know, kind of care about it. If they're not going to do the same for you, you just distance them. And yeah. it's tough then when you have people who are close in your life that won't do that. Mm. And I think I come, you know, but I've done that with a few friends. It's, it's you put you you put them in a position where they need to be vulnerable to you, and they don't. A lot of a lot of my Bozeman boys, I kind of had to cut them off. Yeah. And said you don't you don't have my best interest at heart. You don't have, you know, yeah. Keep your circle close. Yeah. Yeah. And it's weird because I'm, I don't I'm not a very vulnerable person either. So then I had to evaluate myself and say how good of a friend am I then? If I'm right. you know what I mean like how how, what am I offering these people? And, you know, then you start looking back at people that have cut me out and I go, yeah, there was probably reason for that. Oh oh, yeah, for For sure. I've had friends that haven't, you know, like they've gone, I think I went like a year without talking to like one of my good girlfriends for reason, for sure. I was a hot, absolute hot mess (laughs) express. That was during my, my great breakdown of 2019. What do you call that girl? Who? The the drunk Shelly? You got a name for her. Oh, I did come up with a name <laughs> for her. And I forgot what I used to call her. We'll call her Pamela. She was or wild. Karen. No, I was never <laughs> Karen. I even hurt my feelings. Um, no, I think that, yeah, I I can also be very selfish. I think both of us both can. Of us, absolutely. I can be very selfish. Yep. And I have to make sure and that right ties into then like not apologizing for things or not meaning my apologies when I say them I can just I can be very selfish yeah and and people pick can pick up on it yeah you apologize hey yo my bad it's not the same as as, listen I know I hurt you and I'm sorry sorry. yeah (laughs) yo my beat dog what you want yeah (laughs) come on yeah yeah but selfish, absolutely selfish. But I mean, some could also, I mean, I think, I think it goes to show though, that one of the most unselfish things you can do is to admit to people that you are selfish and yeah. to admit to yourself. That's a very 
unselfish thing to do. So it's, I think there's, you can mess up with a lot of people as long as you're willing to grow from it makes you a good person at the end of the day, I think. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think I, I had, I had a thing I was going to say about your work ethic. So we're a big, a big, a, so me and you hit two roads and I think you went down one. I, hit, I went down another, it's, which is, um, the laziness. I think you, mm. you don't really struggle with that as much as me. Cause you were always more productive than I was. You were able to always turn a bad situation and actually, I mean, you, it was hard. You, it was hard for you to admit, you know, when you messed up and it was hard, for, but you were always very successful. You, I don't think you were as sabotaging as me. You would, you had some vices, you had whatever her name was. We'll call her, I don't know. I'm going to call her Karen. Um, you would take over, but you still kind of continued down yeah. a, good, a good path um, in that you didn't blow a bunch of money or you didn't, you know, yeah. you, you continued your career. I halted my entire life. Basically, I stayed yeah. in a really bad spot for a long time with the self-sabotage. So I'd say one of your strengths is you can go through a very traumatic situation and and not get yourself out of it. Maybe not move past the trauma, but continue working and yeah. continue building yourself. And that's something I've I struggled with for. Uh, there was like five years where I said yeah. my life halted, paused. Yeah, I didn't do anything for myself. I didn't, you know, I wasn't making a lot of money because I wasn't, I wasn't, I was ambitious right. but not driven kind of thing. Um, so something you've done really well is continue to. I mean, you're crushing it. You're about to start some consulting stuff. You just continue to kill it. Whereas, yeah. So that's a, that's a pro for you. You're weak. You didn't let your weaknesses stop your forward progression. Yeah. Forward movement. They almost did. Yeah. But not quite. Well, that's only because you almost died. Multiple <laughs> times. <laughs> you went the fuck off the rails. You went off the rails. You were heading straight for a chemical plant. Yeah, I stayed in the line of death a couple of times. Can I tell a story sure. on the podcast? What? Can I tell can I tell a crazy story on the podcast? I don't know. Is it about me? Yep. Huh. Is it is it that kind of podcast? I can edit it out. Okay. <laughs> I remember. So this is more for your blog, but I remember calling you and going, What are you doing? And you're like, I'm in Mexico. I'm riding a donkey. What did I what did you do last night? I was riding a donkey holding a platter of we'll just say an illegal substance. And I went, I need to get you immediately out of that country. Oh my God, I was so worried. And you go, no, I'm fine. And you still were though crushing it in life. (laughs) Next Monday, you showed up to work and was like, what's up? (laughs) Let's go, bro. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I could have died a couple of times. A couple of times. A few times. But you know what? I didn't. So um, multitasking, right? Also, right, be self-sabotaging your life and killing it at the same time. I got to say, though, all in all, I was was thinking about, because I had no idea what you were going to ask me on the podcast, and I was thinking about a question. I really do like, and I always have liked who I am, Mm. and a big, a big, when I'm really depressed or when I'm really, and it's it's not because, oh, I don't like who I am. It's because I'm not living up to who I know I could be. I mean, Mm. I've never struggled with being able to do that. I've always been able to recognize I'm a good person. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I'm a hard worker. But it's when I let myself um, not be that, you know, when I'm not that, that's where I struggle. Yeah. And I did that for years. Didn't help myself, but yeah, I think we, as a, we, as people, what mom, yeah, she may mess this up, but she really is. It's a net positive because you can walk into a room. You're an extremely strong person. You are, you can walk into the room and it's like a, it's like magnetism. People are just drawn to you. And so, and especially now you say, you say, talk about positive energy. Now you have a platform in which you go, you, you can, if you're the person now who's the strongest person in the room and are showing vulnerability, yeah, you're going to then cause other people to yeah. think about showing vulnerability. So, I mean, that right there, you're changing lives just by, like you said earlier, just by first changing yourself. Yeah. hundred percent. You're, 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 it's a positive. Yeah. Positive that's effect. right. Right. Like breaking these cycles of how we were raised just by changing how we're living our life mm-hmm. is then going to affect our kids yeah. and how they write and then their kids hopefully in the future and trying trying to create right better friendships better relationships all of that just by making yourself a better person and the and i think anyone has the ability to do that 100%. i think there's a strength in people who are working on themselves and yes. people are typically magnet you know magnetized drawn drawn 
towards people who aren't strong people. So yeah. if you if you're you can be a strong person by simply making the, the decision, I'm gonna be a better person, I'm gonna work on myself, I'm gonna make decisions, I'm gonna stop drinking, I'm gonna eat better, I'm gonna do this. And you you there's a confidence and an energy that you exude when you are that person, which causes other people to be drawn to you and drowses you to be drawn to better situations and such and such. But you know, there's a lot of people that that I think get stuck in the I'm a weak person, I'm never gonna be that. It's like just worry about you, do you boo-boo, yeah. fix you. And it's weird how people then kind of are drawn to you. Yeah, and, you know, and people will automatically kind of phase out and other yep. people will come in. Yep. And yeah, that I definitely have noticed over the last couple of years are people that have just, that just phased out of right. my life and other people that have come in because you, you are like a mirror, mm-hmm. you know, the people around you are kind of a mirror of where you're at in your right. life. And so right relationships that you are feel like are really hard to hold on to. Well, it's probably because they're just not, not or you guys are different, whether, you know, not that anyone is better than anyone else, right. but you might just might be at different places. Yep. And so that person is not necessarily going to fit in your life anymore. It's fine. And There's that's like fine. 7 billion other people. Yes. You know what I mean? and, and that's fine. And the, I think the time in my life where I didn't have the, the least amount of people that really give a shit about me around me close was when I was trying to be somebody that I wasn't. Yes. And I think people picked up on that. You know, yeah. people, when you're trying to be fake and you don't know who you are and you're not really helping yourself, you're just kind of acting for other people was the time in my life where I didn't really have a lot of good people around me. People yeah. weren't calling my phone, asking to hang out. I didn't have I looked around and every friend that I had was fake and they turned, you know, yeah. like, what the hell is this something I'm doing? Yes. It was. Yes. Right. Is it me? But then when they turned them off and I went, you know what? I'm going to find my hobbies. I'm going to find yeah. what I'm into. I'm going to find what makes me happy work on. Then you look around and you blink and you're surrounded by, yeah. other, you know, good people. And it's, that's where I'm at now. Sax was just over. He's a really good friend. I got shields. I got a lot of good people around surrounded in my life now. And I, the only thing that I've really, really changed is I started working on me. What yeah. makes me happy? What makes me, and working for King. So me and King will go out and we'll do stuff nowadays. And I'm not, I'm not the, the epicenter of the party anymore, yeah. right? I'm not the dude that can do the most, win at beer pong and all that stuff, that fake, uh, uh, um, what do you call that? Mm, fake, what do you call it? When super, uh, famous, right? Mm. So I'm not, I'm not like, you know, fake superstardom but the next day i'm now the person people are calling me for brunch and people are calling me to do just go hang out and stuff like that and yeah it's a good feeling right and i think i think that's where the strongest friendships and relationships are built on is you know you you're not worried about what the other person thinks as much as you're worried about just being you for them yeah and they can do the same thing for you and then it's an acceptance between both parties yeah yeah well, I think, yeah. So, preaching knowledge to the choir. Preacher I'm sure. man, <laughs> it's probably, and I'm telling you all this stuff that you already know. Yeah, hundred yeah. <laughs> percent. I'm the smartest person. We've all watched the motivational videos. <laughs> Be the best version of you. Yeah. Just do it. Yeah, like Nike, but there's strength in it. No, um, I think that's great. And then, and so, yeah, I just, I actually just recently graduated Ranger School in Airborne and a strength that I was able to carry there was, um, you know, I, it's, a, I'm a tank, I'm a tank commander. I have nothing to do with infantry. So a, a struggle of mine was not only, cause I'm, I'm, I'm E6, right? So I had E3s there, privates, infantry privates that knew more about these tactics than I did. Yeah. So I went, well, what was my, what could I bring to the table? Really, you know, I'm a, I was laugh because they um, sax was just over and he goes you're the only one smiling in your ranger pick and it's like that was what i did over you mm. know, when, in ranger school that was the way i got through was everyone was in a bad situation and something i've always been good at is just being the person who is also a you know is smiling because i know that is thank you yeah um i know that you know it, it's effective or yeah. not effective but it's uh what do you call it? A virus? Infectious. Infectious. Yeah, infectious. And but and I really wasn't being fake. I was just finding a good thing out of a the situation, yeah. therefore smiling. And then I've got found happiness and other people kind of doing the same yeah. thing. 
So, but being vulnerable to the point where you're all safe to say, this fucking sucks. Right. Man. It's raining and we've been hiking for eight hours straight. Yeah. You know, just being that. Happiness builds happiness. Love builds love. And rocks cure all. <laughs> and my crystals heal all. <laughs> I don't, I don't get crystals. That's the one thing I don't get. I don't. That's all right. One day. Um, all right. Brother bear. Are we done? I think we can wrap but, up. Man, I got so much other stuff to talk about. I know. I, that's, I I'm cutting you off. <laughs> <laughs> we can do a part two at another time, but. Oh, let's do it. Uh, maybe. Uh, Thanks for sitting with let me. Let me phone in. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Well, I'll do the outro. You just listened <laughs> to a podcast by Shelly Rowan and Denton Rome with an M because they messed up my certificate. Thank you for watching. If you're at home and you're not in a good spot, just remember, fix yourself, be better. And if you can't, well, sucks to suck. I, that's, the, <laughs> that's terrible advice. Don't listen to Denton. There's always things that you can do to better yourself. <laughs> Is there? Yes. There's always things you can do. Teach me. <laughs> I've been trying to for my whole life. That's what I'm trying to do. Just remember, kids, if you're having a bad day, there's always crack. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> um, Thank you guys <laughs> for listening. <laughs> if you want any additional content or want to reach out to me, follow me on Instagram. You can also check out my website, remarkablyus.com. For all my blogs, information, episode links, all on how to live your most remarkable life possible. Feel free to reach out to me anytime with any questions. If you think this episode would help anyone, please share, be kind, and never forget how wildly capable you are. And you forgot about your audio book that launches October 1st. It's how to lower your brother's self-esteem. <laughs> it's sit him down and make him talk about all of his weaknesses. <laughs> Till next time. Bye. Bye.